Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 226. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, listeners, as well as viewers. As I always seem to say at the beginning of these shows, boy, do we have an action-packed one for all of our listeners, members, and subscribers today. But Mike, this one really is a substantial addition into the Moonshots library of books, authors, and frameworks, don't you think? You might even say that apart from enjoying the Moonshots podcast, we're going to literally grow a second brain, Mark. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's right, Mike. Today, we are diving into the work of Tiago Forte, Building a Second Brain, and he promises to teach us to remember everything and achieve anything. I mean, Mike, that's, that's a big promise, as we can see, uh, and, and as we can read on the title of, of these book covers. I think really what we're going to delve into today with the work of Tiago and some great breakdowns of the framework and the ideas that he has for you and I and our listeners and viewers to build a second brain, which sounds unbelievably useful. I think the real takeaway for me is, is when you sit back and realize how many times in my life have I maybe forgotten a great idea that I had or an insight that we found within some data, but we failed to take action on it. It's all these items and areas mm. where sometimes, you know, you just get, there's too many plates spinning. Sometimes uh, you just need a little bit of help. Don't you? That's so true. I mean, what you're talking about, I think it's a battle for our own attention, right? It is mm. so easy um, to be notified, to access information. Um, and I think apart from the fact that that actually has this addictive dopamine cycle where people just get hooked on scrolling through feeds, right? Scrolling, yeah. scrolling. Yeah. What do they call it? Like a death scroll or something? Doom, doom scrolling. Doom scroll. I think it's called yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is terrifying, isn't it? It is, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. here's the thing, though. You know, if you can sort of unpack what Tiago Forte is proposing here, by the way, what a cool name. Tiago Forte. I mean, that's strong. <laughs> He's coming that out strong. strong on the Forte, name. strong, isn't it? <laughs> and we, it makes you and I sound so pedestrian. Mark Pearson Freeland, Mike Parsons, like yawn, yawn, yawn. <laughs> Tiago Forte. Anyway, so good. I digress. So here's the thing, though. It's all about um, this really interesting idea that we've seen with other experts and authors, which is you need to capture and organize all of that data and information that's relevant to you in such a way that you're not trying to use your brain only to remember it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for me, what's really essential to what we're going to do together with our members, our viewers, and our listeners is we're going to really tackle two things. One is this idea of what is going to be our, our digital knowledge library. That's the first one. And then the second thing is how you can use it for your imagination and your creativity and to get out in the world and, and make your ideas come alive because that's where all of the satisfaction and Mark, as we well know, that's where the challenge lays as well, isn't it? That's right. I mean, arguably it's never been easier to come up with, um, groundbreaking, earth-changing ideas and products and services nowadays. You could argue it's, it's possibly a lot easier, but at the same time, boy, is there a lot of information. 
It is right. pretty overwhelming, I would say, to try and bring an idea or, or just a, a structure or a behavior into your um, routine without trying to um, affect everything that you're, you're doing in your life. You know, it's very, very easy to get paralyzed by too much stuff. I've certainly, Mike, in my career, that's when I felt the most probably overwhelmed when I've got too much going on right. and I can't make decisions because you're paralyzed with too much uh, options. That's right. And I think that's where, yeah. You know, well, let's, let's dig into those, those moments. Like when we're trying to learn something new, right, or solve a complex problem, we think, oh, great, I'll Google that or I'll mm. use chat GPT. But that's really only the start of the journey. There's so many books, videos, references, quotes, graphs, charts, studies, expert opinions that you could solicit. And you have to mm. collect them all. And Tiago Forte mm. shows us how to do that and then how to use it for our creativity, our imagination, and our ideas. So, Mark, I think Ooh. with a bit of gusto, as only someone like Tiago Forte would expect, we should jump into this world Mark, tell us, where are we going to start to build our second brain? I, th I think the, the great call out as well is that this book was actually recommended to us by Yvette, who has been a member and subscriber to The Moonshot Show for many, many months. And Yvette, this, is, uh, this one is for you. So please allow us to introduce this book if we haven't already made the case for why we should consider and try and build a second brain, as Tiago Forte puts it. Let's hear from the author himself, who's actually going to help all of us here listen and learn as to why we need a second brain. Building a second brain is a methodology for creating a system of knowledge management. When I say a second brain, what I'm talking about is a system, a piece of software is my preference to preserve and save for the future all of your most important information, your ideas, your memories, your mementos, your research, your reading, your highlights, your notes, the whole world of digital information is vast and chaotic and confusing, but you can sort of curate the very best and most important of it in a second brain for, for safekeeping. That sounds like it could solve a lot of different problems. I'm curious for you, what problem did it solve? What problem were you looking to solve? The first one was a medical condition. One day in 2007, I was 22 years old, uh, working at the Apple store in San Diego. Uh, Fashion Valley, and in college at San Diego State University, uh, I was working one day and just for no reason out of the blue, I started feeling like a pain and tension in my neck one summer day. And I kind of ignored it, but it grew worse and worse and kept uh, just deteriorating to the point that I, I reached the stage that I had trouble speaking, laughing, singing. It was like this just incredible uh vice grip around my throat that I would wake up in the morning with, which is a pr kind of problem that kind of motivates you. Like it's, you know, I needed, I needed a solution to that. And so I started seeing different doctors, different specialists, eventually saw at least a dozen different doctors. None of them could give me any clue as to what it was, much less a solution. Uh, and finally they gave me sort of a last resort, which was a medication very powerful medication called carbamazepine, which is an anti-seizure medication usually used to treat schizophrenia. It effectively shuts down your, your nervous system, numbs your whole nervous system head to toe. It's sort of like an off switch to the pain that I was feeling. 
of course, at the cost of basically feeling like I was drunk is what it felt like most days. Um, there was another side effect of that too, which was short-term memory loss. So there's a period of a couple of years where I had some relief, moderate relief from the pain, but uh, it just would completely wipe memories of conversations that I had and trips that I took, books I read, classes I took were just like gone. Like the hard drive had been formatted. And I think that experience, you know, the pain of it, the the sort of sense of loss of having really precious memories, you know, disappeared, uh, really instilled in me an appreciation for memory first, that memory matters. Memory is kind of everything. Like, who are you without your memories? If I, if I took away your memories, you would be a different person. You would simply not be who you are. Eventually, I just decided I had to take control of my treatment, so to speak. I uh, asked for my patient record, which was like this stack of papers and folders, you know, this thick, uh, took it home, digitized it on my parents' home computer on the scanner and, uh, turned all that into digital form where then I could start to make sense of it, organize it, annotate it, underline things, connect things. But what I found eventually for that specific issue was that it wasn't an, like an illness or an infection or a virus that I could just take a pill. It was a functional condition is what the, the data was telling me. It was something in my body telling me that you need to take better care of. <laughs> you need to be healthier. What I took away from that was better habits, sleep habits, meditation, exercise habits. Um, I really had to start taking care of myself, which as a 20-something had not been a priority. <laughs> and I found that the pain resolved itself, didn't go away completely, still hasn't actually. But I gained a perspective that I can take control of what is happening to me in my life. I can use these practical problem-solving tools to arrive at a solution. And then I can implement that solution in my life in a way that no one else can do for me. You know, uh, And once I figured that out, I realized, oh, this is like a general approach to solving problems and creating results. Oof. When he was describing that, Mark... You're just like, wow, imagine being in your early 20s and having this memory loss, having this kind of uh, tension in your, in your mm. throat. I mean, and also then when, when he talks about the sort of prescribed heavy-duty medication, you're like, whoa, that is intense. No wonder he yeah. needed to develop a system, right? Yeah, I think as, as Tiago points out in that, that opening clip for the show, memory is what makes us. Right. And that might be memories of your childhood, but also to be memories and experience from work. Because then as a leader, you can sit there and guide the team around you based on the experience that you've got. So if you start to lose, you know, even just a little bit of that, I think you do start to lose your confidence, your um, ability to lead correctly, as well as, you know, just the ability to live a life that you, that you want to live, isn't it? Right, right. And I, I think it all stems down to, as Tiago puts it, taking care of yourself. Mm. I think it obviously sounds as though he got to a point where, you know, a lot of overwhelmed um, emotions probably got in the way and so on. And that led him to, to think about, okay, well, wouldn't it be great to have, I guess, a second brain as he puts it. Yes. But it comes down to just trying once again to take ownership 
You're trying to take care of yourself. You're trying to be that best version. We might have access to all this information every week, Mike, you and I, and all of our listeners and, and viewers delve into all this work from all these authors. But that's a lot of information, isn't it? It really is. And, and I think um, what a huge moonshots theme, Mark. The fact that if you want to perform great at work, you need to be great at home. If you want to be super sharp when you're problem solving for work, you need to be super sharp at the gym or when you're doing yoga or working out. Um, all of these things, you know, we are seeing such a pattern between, you know, good diet, good sleep, good exercise and your performance, uh, at work and your friendships outside of work as well. So huge theme we've seen from 200, 300, uh, shows now. The other thing though, is what's really cool is when you listen to Tiago talking about this problem solving that he was doing. He needed to like collect, manage, organize, and see the affinity between things or relationships, you know, mm. connect the dots. That feels like really at the essence of the modern knowledge worker is that's what they do every single day. When someone says to you, hey, let's work in a new tool. Oh, I've not used that before. So, so check out this. Like if, if I'm doing an online brainstorm, um, with a colleague, it could be in Figma, could be in Mirror, Mirror. It could be in a Google Doc. That's like three different tools that I need to learn and be proficient with. Mm. Um, so, the I think the thing here is being very conscious of the need to manage data, information, and knowledge, so that you mm. can recall it and use it to your desires. Like for me. When someone says, let's work in a new tool or let's solve a new problem, you want to have a, a set of knowledge, to-dos, information, insights at your fingertips because mm. you there's nothing worse than that moment where you're like trying to upskill and learn something new and you can't get access to the knowledge. It's the classic thing yeah. when you're like trying to fix a very specific thing and you can't Google you don't know what to Google. You don't know, like, is it this term or what's it called or what's that variation? Exactly. And then you're spending, like, for me, the threshold is, like, if I haven't got a result after 30 minutes and I'm, like, not deep in, like, studying the the subject matter, I'm still just trying to find the raw content. That's when I'm, like, my brain is just going crazy. I'm yeah. frustrated. I need it's to move me. forward, right? And I think that's why yeah. this second brain idea is so powerful because you can collect things, organize things, so that that gap for like, huh, I want to learn how to do this, or huh, I've been thinking about this, huh, this is a reoccurring theme I'm seeing, maybe I should think about this, write about this, that to me is really uh, the breakthrough. So mm. a lot of respect to see that Tiago has really used this system to overcome what is really a great personal challenge and uh, I think he he belongs to the true moonshots uh, club with that story, don't you? I think he does, Mike. But there's many, many others within that moonshots club that grows week on week, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. So I think we're uh, we've come to that moment, Mark, where you're your official trumpet blowing moment. So I'll let you unleash. Okay, everybody. Da, 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 da. Please welcome, as always, our Moonshots members and subscribers, including Bob, John, Terry, Ken, 
Dietmar, Marjan, Connor, and Rodrigo, Lisa, Sid, Mr. Bonjour, Paul, Berg, Kalman, David, Joe, Crystal, Ivo, Christian, Samuela, Barbara, Andre, Eric, Chris, Deborah, and Lasse, all of whom are well over 12 months now, Mike, all of whom have joined us from the get-go. We just keep on building that little um, foundation of our annual members who are very, very soon going to be joined by Steve, Craig, Daniel, Andrew, Ravi, Yvette, Karen, Raul, PJ, Nicoada, Ola, Ingram, Dirk, and Emily, Harry, Karthik, Venkata, Marco, Roger, Steph, Gabia, Anna, Raw, Nimelen, Eric, Diana, Wade, Amanda, Christoph, Denise, Teresa, Bolinara, Laura, Smitty, Corey, Andre, Gayla, Max, Bertram, Daniela, and Mike. Whew. Mike, we just keep on growing that list. Isn't it amazing? We've got so many like-minded individuals around the globe joining us week on week and supporting the Moonshots Club and the Moonshots family. Yeah, we're very grateful for their support. And in particular, call out for Evert, uh, who suggested that we cover this book. So I hope, Evert, you're enjoying this. And a little reminder to you, all of our members, listeners, and viewers, if you'd like us to cover a book that you're particularly interested in, head over to moonshots.io. Um, tell us, uh, hit the We've got, you can email us, you can jump onto Patreon, you can post us there. There's a zillion different ways you can message us. Mm. Jump in, tell us what you want us to study because that will bring us great satisfaction. And I tell you what, Tiago's got some more satisfying thinking for us, I think, Mark. He totally does, Mike. Next up, we're going to hear from Tiago again. He's now going to help us understand and come towards categorizing this idea of the second brain. And specifically, he's going to break down his framework of para. Part of the reason we're keeping everything in a centralized place in your second brain is so it can mix and match and melt together. You see very different ideas from very different fields juxtaposed and stacked on top of other ideas. Sometimes the most random combination of things that appears together ends up being an incredible breakthrough for, you know, something that you're trying to do. Everything in your life, from the past, from the future, across your work, across your personal life, across your hobbies, across everything can be organized in just one of four categories. The projects you're working on that have like a short-term, you know, outcome that you're working toward. The areas of responsibility that are ongoing over time. Resources, which is just everything else. Potentially useful research, reference, you know, documents that you might want to use. And then archives, which is everything from the previous three categories that is no longer actionable. Uh, the, the key principle here is you're not doing what most people do, which is organizing these broad categories like economics, marketing, history, psychology, which is how, you know, libraries do organization. That, that doesn't make sense on the individual level. You're organizing according to what's actionable, right? Projects, areas, resources. That's most actionable, less actionable, and least actionable. It's basically, since this is a, probably a more nerdy audience, it's an information hierarchy. I use Para to organize Evernote to organize Google Drive, to organize ClickUp, to organize even things like my calendar. It is truly a universal framework for your entire digital life. And I, I challenge you, I would ask you, you know, what issue, problem, goal, you know, situation that you're facing in your life, are the answers already around you? The answers are there. The answers are maybe in your own head, they're in your journals, they're in the, your family, your colleagues, your boss, your organization's wiki, or on the internet, right? How, for how many 
situations are the answers out there. It's just waiting for you. It's waiting for you to have the agency and the will and the willingness to take it in, capture it, organize it, distill it, and express express it back out into the world. Oh, Mark, he's really talking my language there. Let's park the like what comes at the end, putting it back out in the world for a second. We're going to come back to that. I think that's a really important part. I think this framework that he's talking about is all about organizing your life, both professionally and personally, and putting it into a hierarchy, as he talked about it, in order to operate and be successful. Mm -hmm. Because here's what I think we're fighting against. If you don't do, if you don't create some system like Tiago Forte is talking about, then basically I think your email inbox and your notifications run your life, right? Yeah, I think you're right. And those systems were never designed as productivity systems, certainly not as libraries of knowledge. Just try deciphering an email thread. For example, before the show, um, woke up early in the morning. I needed to check something that had happened uh, in the US yesterday um, and wanted to make sure that that was done before I jumped into the show. And actually, you know, trying to get through all of these email threads like, okay, is everything good? Yes. Okay, it's good. It took me way too long. That's an example of email sort of organizing me. I think we want to turn the tables, Mark. I think we want to organize our email. And I know we've got lots of systems, and I think we can talk about the, the the systems as well as sort of the outputs. But to me, this is all about this high, this highly reoccurring theme that you and I continue to see. You know, Yoko Willink wrote a book about it, Extreme Ownership. But even if you're not as intense as Yoko, uh, you know, even if you're not getting up at 4.30 a.m. every single morning, um, you need to have a system of organization to manage yourself, to make sure what you do matches your objectives. Because I think the big unspoken here is that if you are not organizing it, then things like email will organize you. You will work to other people's agendas. And you remember Cal Newport talked about a world without email, right? And everybody's tapping into this same thing, whether it's about getting up at 4.30 and working out, whether it's having a system like Para, whether it's doing deep work, this is all us wrestling control back of our personal and professional lives in a world that has so many distractions. Yep. I think you're totally right, Mike. And similarly to the extensions, the mediums that you were talking about earlier, you know, whether it's Figma or one of the other many different platforms for collaboration nowadays, it's great that we've got so many, but what happens for me at least is I end up with notes. Let's just take something as very, very simple as notes over maybe three or four different platforms. Yeah, I'll have notes on my computer. I'll have my to-do list. I'll maybe a Google docs uh, or, or sheets and without having some form of um, control over that, mm. it's very, very easy as you point out to let those mediums, those formats, uh, confuse me. And, you know, at the end of the day, not only will it confuse me, it'll frustrate me. It'll, yes. Uh, negatively impact that ability for me to uh, refer back to those discoveries or those insights 
that perhaps we found along the way. Tiago referenced even something as personal as journals, being able to access or refer back to them through a system or a framework that he's uncovered. I think really is this, this is, we're getting into the really high level of efficiency and productivity, but also mindfulness, I suppose, since we are in the mindfulness series. Yes. Because how overwhelming, certainly for me, Mike, there have been times when you just get so overwhelmed. Where is that thing? I know I've done it before. How do I find it? <laughs> well, that goes to the point, Mark, that our brains are not computers. We can't recall data um, in the same way that, that computers can. And I think um, one of the simple hierarchies that I use when I think about health is I think about sleep. I think about diet. And I think about exercise. So here's the interesting thing. I have written about that in my journal a lot. I have tools such as the Aura Ring. I have even my favorite foods and healthy snacks. I even have them in um, images of them in a folder called Diet in my Apple Photos. So whenever I'm like, hmm, what's a healthy snack I can have? It's at my fingertips, right? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just, when I think about health, I have three subjects. So whether you go to my notes or my diary or my photos, I'm working on it. I'm using tools like Strava, Aura Ring. These are all tools in serving uh, my need to manage that. Because if I'm not managing my health, um, chances are I'm going to drop the ball because there's so many unhealthy options in the world, yeah. right? Just take yeah. a walk down it, through any shopping center, mall, high street, and you're invariably going to find food options that are not so great, things that are in your food and drink that are not so great. And also if you are not measuring your fitness and your sleep, uh, maybe you stay up a bit late and watch too many episodes on Netflix. Yeah. Or maybe you sleep in all the time, not realizing that the key to good sleep is keeping consistent bedtime and wake times, right? So yeah. it's yeah. when you work on these things in that organized fashion. I think that's the, the highest form of the knowledge management side of what Tiago Forte is talking yeah. about. You got to, if you, if you swim with the right tools and the right knowledge management, then the outputs will be fantastic. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I, I think you're really speaking to some of the core lessons within the building a second brain methodology. You know, Mike, you're referencing the idea of finding anything. So with your healthy snacks, you're just creating a way that it's easier for you as an Big individual time. who has many, many things going on, Big time. finding it quicker. How much time have we all spent wasting looking for things? Like I mentioned, if I'm looking across Evernote, Google uh, Sheets and so on, it takes a lot of time. So not only are you becoming more efficient by having those frame, those uh, foundations set up, you're taking ownership of your organization, let's call it. What I think you're also able to start therefore doing, and I think this is the real kicker when it comes to what I can take away from building a second brain with Tiago, is unlocking the full value of the resources that we do have available for us. Yes. We've got the internet. We've got collaboration globally that can get overwhelming. It certainly has for me too. But I think the real call out here with this um, 
organization, the building of this second brain is so that we can very, very quickly and efficiently say, hey, I've got this problem or I need this framework for a particular uh, way of working that I want. Maybe it's rapid prototyping. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's lean. Something that for some of us, maybe Mike, you're you're definitely in there. It'll come straight away. (laughs) For some of us else, we need a way to help us find that, uh, let's call it environment, those frameworks within that, that, that landscape of our minds. And this is where that, that value really, really comes out for me. It's, as David Allen would put it, the brain is not necessarily a great storage unit. It's not a computer. So true. But if we can create, yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. So true. The, um, but if we can create. Yeah, no, you were going to say David Allen, who, by the way, we are huge fans of Dave, David Allen. So if you are about getting things done, check out moonshots.io. Uh, hit the uh, the archive show, but Mark, you were you were talking about Dave Allen and his his mm. metaphor of the storage unit and how poor the human brain is. So I'll let you finish your thought. Well, that's right. Uh, his his rule or his advice, David Allen's, was to either do it, delegate it, defer it, or drop it. Yeah. So very very practical. Yes. And this was all about trying to not uh, distract yourself with all those different areas and distractions that are within our lives at the same time very similar to where you and i are going today mike it's very difficult to be focused on a single challenge or a a single obstacle that you're trying to unblock and at the same time access those frameworks and those methods that might make it a little bit easier whatever the problem you do have so dave allen really made the case for creating a clean environment a clean foundation for you to go out and build on yeah. In order to have, as he calls out, the uh, stress-free productivity. That's and Mike. That's, yeah. he, he, he certainly inspired products that you and I use even now, doesn't he? He did. He did. So his, it was really interesting. You mentioned a, a framework then, which is called the Eisenhower Matrix, right? Which is mm. prioritizing urgency and importance. And you're absolutely right. The ability to see something is neither important nor urgent, then you actually yeah. don't do it. Mm. right mm. that's that's like a really powerful thing and that's very much around things that you do prioritizing tasks and so forth in your day if we think about being um really effective in how we collect our knowledge what is your favorite power tip mark if you've got the mark pearson freeland library being built and you're advising mm. our members viewers and listeners What's the one thing you do building your library that is so helpful? I think it comes down to categorization. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'll I'll try and paint a a very quick situation, Mike. I will have, let's say, a particular project that I might be working on. The project could be anything. It could be moving country or it could be something specific to work. Let's say it's, it's the Moonshot Show and it's pulling together a great new show. Maybe it's pulling together a record-breaking, building a second brain by Tiago Forte. For me, it all comes down to categorization of the tasks that I need to accomplish. In that case, the categorization might be the order of which to go out and, and explore something. Maybe it's digging into the key insights. Maybe it's finding clips. Maybe it's pulling out a couple of key takeaways. Alternatively, those categories could be um, areas that are focused on a specific deliverable. For example, what is the introduction going to be? What is the middle takeaway going to be? And so on. So for me, when I look at something that 
a big project that I might have to do, I try and break it down into those, let's call them bite-sized pieces. Because when you look at a, the whole product, most of the time it feels quite overwhelming. Mm. And only by breaking them down into those small little pieces, categorizing them into some form of flow, maybe it's, as I, in the case that I mentioned, it's order of, of when I do things. That then helps me understand as well as um, play a little bit more efficiently when it comes to creating that product. Yeah. So on my side, some things I do that are, I, I do some of the things you were talking about. The other thing I do is like whenever we have a show coming up, the first thing I will do is I'll have a look at the uh, listing on Amazon if it's an author. Mm. I will pick up a few book summaries just to get myself in the headspace. And if I'm at my best when I think about this knowledge, I will have a collection of YouTube clips, articles on, in this case, for example, Tiago. So mm. I will have built like quite a backlog a library, if you will, of related content around Second Brain. So by the time that we're at the point of doing the show, I feel like I've really processed this space, this topic, this author, their life, Mm. their story. So I feel like I can, I feel very confident that I can like decode it and understand it. So I use things like Readwise to tag articles. Mm. I use Apple notes to keep like sort of more like my templated approach. But here's this, when I know that I'm at my best is that I've actually written out a process that I keep as a template in my to-do application so that when I say prepare for a show, there's already a whole playbook inside it that just takes away, you know, I don't have to remember how do I usually do it? I know I've done it hundreds of times. But Atul Gawande, Checklist Manifesto, having these things written down all the time to come back to means that I'm generally feeling well-prepared for a show. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that's all we could ask for. So I I think now, Mark, we want to sort of deconstruct this as much as we can for our Mm -hmm. listeners why don't you hit us up with another clip and let's see if we can mm. break down completely the system, the habits, the process of building a second brain. That's right. We've now getting to the pointy edge, Mike, of this great idea from Tiago. So let's hear, we heard a little bit in that second clip already, the idea of P-A-R-A, para. Let's hear now a real deep breakdown, this time from one of our Moonshot's all-time favorites, Productivity Game who's going to help us uh, provide us guidance on how to use this categorization, as well as a deeper dive into what power means. Projects include anything you're working on in life or at work that has a clear endpoint. Example project notebooks include 2022 taxes, website redesign, and quarterly team meeting. If an idea you have or information you encounter can help you complete a project, it goes into a project folder. Each time you work on a project, you open the folder slash notebook for that project and scroll through the latest notes. Most people sit down to work on a project and trust their best ideas will magically come to mind, but that rarely happens. You'd be better off if you gradually captured good ideas in your second brain and reviewed those ideas when you sit down to work on a project. 
When you start a project work session by scanning ideas and information you previously captured, you quickly re-engage with that project and kill procrastination. Now let's talk about the areas of improvement section of your second brain. The areas of improvement section of your second brain contains digital notebooks on all the things you're trying to actively improve or maintain. The instant you're ready to seriously improve a skill or level up an area of your life, you visit the areas of improvement section in your second brain. Some areas of improvement notebooks in your second brain might include fitness, investing, home maintenance, your business colon marketing, or your business colon sales. Areas of improvement are long-term and open-ended, like running a successful business, while projects are short-term and finite, like launching a new product. In my areas of improvement section, I have a notebook for my productivity game premium membership called PG colon membership. That notebook was a project when I was creating my membership, but since the membership launched, I'm now trying to continually improve my membership based on emails I get from customers and random ideas I have. I now put customer emails and random ideas in my PG colon membership notebook inside the areas of improvement section in my second brain. Oftentimes, notes in your areas of improvement will morph into a project notebook. When I first thought of building a goal-setting course inside my membership, ideas for that course went into my PG colon membership notebook. But the instant I decided to build and release that course, I made a project notebook titled PG colon goal-setting course in the project section of my second brain and moved all the notes on the course to that notebook. Now let's talk about resources. The resources section in your second brain is your personal library of references, facts, and inspiration you will use to start future projects and improve an area of your life. If a project is like a meal you're cooking up on the stove and plan to have for dinner, and an area of improvement notebook is like a big meal you're cooking in a slow cooker that you plan to consume during the week, but don't know when you'll finish, a resource is like a spice or type of pasta in your pantry you can use to make your next meal. The resources section of your second brain contains examples you've collected and can use for inspiration. For instance, you might have a resources notebook titled YouTube Video Thumbnails with images of cool thumbnails you've seen over the past few months. You can reference this notebook when you're ready to start making videos on YouTube. Your resources section also includes actionable insights from the books, videos, and articles you've encountered that you might use when you commit to a project later. For example, you might be interested in trying the ketogenic diet one day. So you have a resources notebook titled Going Keto, where you capture strategies and meals you might try. That folder stays a resources notebook until you commit to going on a ketogenic diet. And lastly, your resources section contains checklists and data from past projects you know will be helpful for future projects. Now let's talk about the archive. Any information you don't want to forget, but does not advance a project or area of improvement and will not be used to kickstart a future project goes into your archive. The archive contains completed projects, inactive projects, areas of improvement you no longer care to improve or maintain, and resources you don't plan to use anytime soon. The archive is a dumping ground that will allow you to keep your system clean and have your projects, areas of improvement, and resources notebooks reflect who you are, what you're committed to doing, and where you want to go. Moving completed or inactive notebooks into your archive breathes life into your second brain because you stop suffocating it with notes you'll probably never need again. Oh, that was so well said at the end. And this is a great little uh, template we've got on screen here, Mark. And, you know, for me, like working backwards here, like the archive, 
This mm. is all about having things that are retrievable. And I think about here, um, they're not urgent. Um, let's say, for example, um, you and I are both running a marathon um, in less than a month, by the way. Hope you're training. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got the run plan from last year's marathon and that's in my archive, right? My resources uh, are really uh, templates, run plans, other examples of things I've collected. I have a lot, quite a lot of YouTube videos with tips and, and tricks. But the big thing at the moment in my projects is to every week I need to run and walk 50 kilometers. And that change that's now gone up to 60 because I'm loading up for the marathon. So that goes into my to-do. It's in my mm. goals that I set every week. It's in my OKRs. I even journal on it. And they run across all of these different areas, projects, the areas, the resources, and the archives. That's an example of how I'm using it. And what's interesting is I'm using a writing tool called IA Writer. I oh, use yeah. YouTube. I use uh, Google Images. Like there are so many resources and tools that are clustered in these four areas. This is sort of how I'm sort of tackling this power framework. What, what I want to know is as I explain that to you, how is that similar or different to the way you might prepare for the marathon? Well, I, I think, Mike, you're a good example of somebody who's um, utilizing the framework of Tiago to a certain extent already, you know, I, you're probably going to put you up in the super fans of Tiago because of how well your structure is, is already following each of these four areas. For me as a, as a mere mortal, I'm still <laughs> contending. I'm still contending with a couple of those different areas. For example, what I really enjoy being able to do through the advancements of collaboration tools and so on is refer back to past projects. So as Tiago would call it, the archives. I really enjoy being able to look back at some of the past work because it then reintroduces me to that third column, which is resources. So frameworks, uh, plans, and so on. And what I've probably not been able to uh, utilize to date is this categorization, which to a certain extent follows the idea that it's outcome driven. Mm. You know, a lot of the time, and we referenced this earlier, when you've got so much going on, it's sometimes difficult to know where to start or it's sometimes difficult to keep the wheels turning because there's so much going on. For me, the benefit that I can see from utilizing and activating a foundational framework similar to, to what we've heard today and for our viewers, what you can see on the screen, and we'll have a note to the framework within our show doc as well, is starting to help me appreciate and understand how you can break up all of those different areas That's and right. tasks and the objectives that you're trying to do. That's right. I think for me, as a, as a great next step, even building, I mean, Mike, we haven't even finished the show, but my brain is already ticking along and thinking how I can start to utilize this framework. It makes it much more um, bite-sized. Yeah. It makes it much more actionable and, and you can own it and take control over it a lot easier. I would say, do you find Mike that when You've got something as daunting, perhaps, as, as a big marathon, a framework such as this, where you can utilize and dig into, as you called it earlier, a playbook of, of steps, of routines, and so on. Do you find that that is a very, very efficient and easier way of doing it? Do you feel more efficient when you're yeah, following that process? I do. And I, and I try and use what I 
described to you for, for the marathon, I actually try and use that for, for most things that I do. So we have a family vacation around the marathon. So that has its own project, right? Um, yeah. You know, the, um, the breaking life into projects and then making sure those projects relate to your goals. And then, you know, I remember actually Michael Gerber's e-myth and he mm. talked about everything should be a system and a template so that the small business owner is not held hostage by the business, but they should see it as I'm or even if you're not creating a franchise, his whole trick is think like you're creating a franchise. Mm. Because what that means is you have to create books, playbooks, templates, systems, manuals that make it highly repeatable for others to do. And in the same way, we're kind of doing that here. We're making a bunch of knowledge work towards our areas of interest to be resourceful mm. and useful so we can achieve our goals and our projects. And I believe that the more you uh, collect relevant knowledge and information, the better you can master something and achieve your goals, right? And um, if you if you leave it all to the last minute, we all know that sinking feeling of when you've got a deadline and you start on something and go, oh, my gosh, I've left this way, way yeah. too late, right? Absolutely. And we've discussed techniques on trying to remove that anxiety on the show before, haven't we? Absolutely. Planning in advance, creating skeletons or table of contents. And that's just starting to scratch the surface on what I think is probably within that project space. So as Tiago mentioned, and productivity game broke down for us, projects are finite, they're short-term, whereas those areas are much more long-term and maybe open-ended. That for me feels like a really actionable as well as easy to understand differentiation actually, uh, because then I can start to think how to separate some of those longer tasks that maybe I've got in, in the back of my mind but I don't yet know whether those are going to be projects yet yes. or not. Yeah. And, and, and that brings me to the, the next uh, big takeaway for me from Tiago is that this is dynamic. Mm. You can move, uh, let's, let's call them uh, items, projects, or tasks within each of these categories, depending on where you are. For example, your uh, reference to you know, family holiday, doing the marathon and so on, you could move that around. You could refer back to it once it's in the archives. And I like this flexibility, I suppose you could call it, with this framework, because it's, it's reminding me again, Mike, of things similar to second order thinking. You know, you're able to start to look into the future based on what you've probably accomplished in the past. Right. Kind of yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think the, um, the framing of this system of a second brain is the most efficient way to collect knowledge so you can turn it into fuel for your goals, help you achieve the things that you want to achieve, which is everything we're trying to, to master here on the Moonshots podcast. The last thing I would say is the key thing with knowledge as you collect it. So let's move away a little bit from the health um, and the workout and the running analogy and, and let's think about the mastery of the things that you know um, as a knowledge worker, as a professional, I think the key thing is what we shouldn't forget is that Tiago talks about don't just organize the knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, combine it, layer it, 
connect it and create your own unique point of view, very much like Elizabeth uh, Gilbert talks about um, in her books. And so I think the last thing to mention here is that whatever you're learning, whether it's making a video or a podcast or writing a blog, produce content, which is a new ordering synthesis of all the things that you've learned. Make it your unique recipe. It could be a pasta meal. That's okay, but it's mm. your pasta meal. It could be your, exactly. your thinking around productivity, which plenty of others have written about, but it's your thinking on productivity. I believe, Mark, that when we set a goal of putting something back out into the world, um, like a blog or a video or a course or a paper, this is not only contributing to the people around you, for your own self, the mere act of republishing all those data points into a new recipe is how you actually master your area of focus, your talents, is by actually challenging yourself to output something, don't you? I, I think you're totally right, Mike. And that, that again reminds me or, or reaffirms, I suppose you could say, the value of following this type of framework because it does benefit you in the long run. Right. Not only is it going to be something that you might benefit day to day at this point in the short term, you know, you've got a project, a project deadline on the cards and so on, but knowing that the future version of myself will thank me, they will look back and say, ah, oh, that organization that I showed back in the day when we were learning about para and Tiago was worth it because suddenly it becomes so much easier to deep dive or even just lightly get back into some of those topics and some of those notebooks and some of those tasks based on having something as, as structured as, as this foundation. So hopefully this tool is the most useful, practical, helpful thing for your day-to-day -day as you view this. But, Mark, it would only be appropriate that we not only give some practical habits, tips, frameworks, but I think this is calling for one last dose of inspiration from Tiago Forte, don't you? That's right. We've got one more clip coming at us from Tiago Forte. He's going to close the show with us and really dive into some practical advice on working towards creating a project. Goals are not magic spells. What really makes a difference is what comes after setting that goal. The project that you create to take you there. Projects are where things actually happen, where intention meets action where the abstract plans in our head get manifested into this material reality. If the goal is the destination, a project is the vehicle that takes you there. Now, I'm gonna be very straight with you. If you have a goal that you want to achieve, but there's no project attached to it, that is called a dream. A lot of people think they have a writing goal when in fact they have a writing dream. They think they have an exercise goal when in fact it's an exercise dream. When I was in my early 20s, I had a dream of living in a different country. I talked about it, I daydreamed about it, I made lists of the amazing places that I would live. But there was one distinct moment late at night when something flipped in my mind and that dream turned into a project. I decided at that moment that I was going to apply to the Peace Corps, which is an overseas volunteer program for Americans who serve in other countries. It was a challenging project just applying. There were health checks, background checks, multiple rounds of applications and countless forms to fill out. It took over a year 
just to finish the application process. That ended up being one of the most pivotal, meaningful years of my entire life. Every dream is waiting for that one moment when you decide to commit and begin taking those practical steps. Only then does it become a goal. Now, let's take the opposite case. You have a project, but no associated goal. That is what's called a hobby. In that case, you're doing something, you might even be doing a lot of it, but if there's nowhere that you're trying to arrive at, nowhere in particular, then you must be basically doing it just for fun, right? You're saying you want to improve your budgeting, let's say, but you're not measuring your progress toward any kind of end result. Without a goal to give your efforts direction, you're just as likely to take two steps forward, but then take three steps back. There is absolutely nothing wrong with hobbies, okay? Hobbies give life texture, they give life meaning. You don't have to excel at everything you do. Not everything in life has to become a side hustle. When you distinguish between projects and hobbies, both of them get better. You can work hard when it's time to work hard and fully relax when it's time to relax without confusing the two. I'll summarize everything that I've said with one simple phrase. A project without a goal is a hobby. A goal without a project is a dream. So I'm going to ask the same question of you. What in your life that you say is a goal is really a dream? What in your life that you say is a project is really a hobby? When the moment arrives that you decide it's time to make real progress on something, instead of just dreaming and instead of just tinkering, you'll need two things. You'll need a goal to inspire you and give you direction. And you'll need a project to make it happen. Ooh, what a nice one to end on. I, I just love this idea of it's okay to dream and to have a vision, mm. but don't kid yourself and don't fall in the trap of only dreaming. You got to kickstart things, make that project. I relate to this. Uh, as somebody who ran their first marathon last year, like w signing up for the marathon for your first ever marathon changes everything. That's when you're like, oh boy, it just got real, right? Yeah. And just like setting yourself uh, targets for health, for sleep, for personal wealth, uh, targets, projects at work. Mm. These things, they spur you into action. And I think it's particularly useful when you share them with friends and family so they can hold you accountable to the promises. Don't just kind of write a little project to the side and just keep it your own personal information in your journal. I think you've got to share it a bit, don't you, Mark? Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. We, we encountered this insight a little bit, even in Vex King's Good Vibes, Good Life. When you start to share or voice out loud, either an objective, maybe even it's just a good bit of gratitude. Mm. Sometimes those repetitions, those moments of sharing it with somebody else, you can, as you point out, Mike, be held accountable. You can find others. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe it's a partner. And those individuals can help you stay on track. Yes. They hold you accountable. How are you doing on that project that you mentioned? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're still doing it? How's the marathon training? Because yeah. you've shared the fact that you're going out to do it. That's right. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Look, I think the battle most of us are in, and Tiago nailed it, is we're just dreaming. 
We haven't actually mm. built the project. And I think that is by far the big takeout here is if you truly want something, have the courage to create the project, tell people about it, set the goal, and then use your second brain to get there in the smartest way possible, right? Look, there's been plenty of times in my life, Mike, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of us, where those dreams uh, either materialize into a project and you start to chase it. You know, similar, we've referenced the idea of marathons today. I think that's certainly something that for me was a dream and now it's become a, more of a project. It's now got an actionable outcome. But yeah, I've, I've had plenty of, of hobbies or, or dreams that have not come to fruition. And fundamentally, I think that comes down to, if I was trying to understand why, it's because of a lack of framework. There's right. a lack of trying to figure out how do I actually take the first step? Is it from getting investment if it was a product or a service? Is it about having validation? Is it user testing? Is it finding an interested party who wants to you know, join me and, and come along for the ride? There's a lot of moments that you don't know necessarily where to start. Right. And I think where Tiago's tried to take us today is making that case that if you structure it and you break it out, and similar, Mike, you referenced this earlier, you might have a, a single task that you want to do each day, but within that task, you've got a few other oh, yeah. sub moments playbook as you pointed out without those it really becomes totally overwhelming and and those dreams really do stay as dreams don't they so what of the the techniques that tiago has shared with us today which one are you going to go and work on which one's going to get your attention well i think today with the uh, practicality of of power of projects areas resources and archives that's the, the key that's really standing out to me. It's this categorization as well as organization. And if I was to take even one step further and really deep dive into that whole structure, Mike, I'd probably say the differentiation between projects and areas yes. is where I can work a little bit harder. I think the archive piece, uh, I fully comprehend, but it's that differentiation between what is your project, where are your areas, which ones has uh, a finite uh, end date, let's say, and therefore moving on from there into practicality. Yeah. Which which of uh, the clips as well as the framework that we've uncovered today really stands out to you? What are you going to do differently, Mike? Ooh, I think I, I probably need to tackle uh, the projects bit and ask myself, do I have too many? That that would probably be my read, and that's what has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go and do that homework. But I just it's. I've taken out of this a lot of inspiration, but some very practical tips as well. So I want to say to you, Mark, thank you for joining me and also to you, our members, viewers, and listeners today on show 226 with Tiago Forte, building a second brain. And it really started with this idea of it's hard to remember everything. In fact, Tiago actually lost his memory for a while. And that's really where the value of the second brain comes in. It's like personal knowledge management. And we learn the absolute killer, typical Moonshots framework para projects, areas of improvement, resources and archive. That is the four parts of your second brain. So build a second brain, take your dreams and build projects and you will certainly achieve your goals. 
you'll achieve much more than that. You'll become a better version of yourself. You'll become the very best you can be. You can do it together with us here at the Moonshots Podcast. You can learn out loud together. And that's what we love to do. All right, that's a wrap.